In today's show, Bitcoin sees the worth monthly close in two years as traders watch closely to $16,700. That's right. The Bitcoin price action strengthens into the November monthly candle close. But traders are already warning over getting too cocky on the King Crypto. Also breaking news, Russia's Sberbank integrates MetaMask into its blockchain platform. That's right. Russia's largest lender is moving into DeFi as well as Web3, integrating its blockchain platform with the Ethereum blockchain. Also also more breaking news, Telegram announced it will build a new decentralized exchange and a crypto wallet, according to its founder, Pavel. I'll be breaking this down for you. Also in today's show, CFTC chief says Bitcoin is the only commodity in the wake of the FTX collapse. That's right. Now saying Ethereum is not a commodity and is a security as the CFTC has faced a lot of scrutiny in the wake of the FTX collapse due to its ties with the crypto exchange and Bankman Fried's efforts to put the committee as the key oversight body for crypto. Also in today's show, legal professionals astonished as Bankman Fried admits failures and apologizes literally 12 times in an interview. I'll be breaking down all the highlights from this recent interview. Also in today's show, top on-chain analyst Willie Wu says Bitcoin is mirroring the 2015 and 2018 bottom formation and shares his forecast, quoting the on-chain analyst, 12,000 wouldn't shock me. 10,000, I think everyone's wanting. So it usually doesn't happen what everyone wants. So $12,000 wouldn't shock me. 12,000, 13,000, it may run away from here, it may even drop even further. These are very broad stroked indicators, but it is probably not a bad time. The dollar cost average in will also be taking a look at the overall crypto market. All this plus so much more in today's show. Hey, what's good, crypto fam? This is first and foremost, a video show. So if you want the full premium experience, visit our YouTube channel at CryptoNewsAlerts.net. Again, that's CryptoNewsAlerts.net. Welcome, everyone, and happy December 1st, the final month of the year for this bearish winter of 2022. And then we put a fork in it. I'm your host, JV, and this is podcast episode number 1120 of the Crypto News Alerts pod, and we have lots to cover, so let's dive right into today's market watch. Checking out Coin360, we can see Bitcoin in the green for the day, trading currently at around that $17,000 mark, while Ether, Binance Coin, XRP, Doge, and Litecoin are all pulling back and in the red. And checking out coin market cap, the market cap's in at 857 billion with 50 billion in volume in the past 24 hours with the current Bitcoin dominance at 38.3% and the Ether dominance at 18.2%. And checking out the top 100 crypto gainers in the past 24 hours, Phantom leading the pack up 7% trading at 25 cents, followed by GMX up almost 6% trading above $49, followed by Polygon Matic up almost 7%, trading just under 93 cents. And below that, we have Ethereum Proof of Work and TonCoin, followed by Zcash. And checking out the top 100 cryptocurrency gainers for the past week, we can see a sea of green, which is a good sign for the alts, reclaiming some of those losses. We have Doge up a whopping 26%, FTM up almost 40%, and HT up 18.5%. And checking out one of my favorite indicators, the Crypto Greed and Fear Index. Shows we're currently rated a 27 in fear. Yesterday a 29, last week a 20 in extreme fear. And last month a 30 in fear. So there you have it. Welcome everyone just tuning in to today's live show. Exciting times are amongst us and we have lots to discuss. So let's dive right into today's Bitcoin technical analysis and check out what's going on in the charts. Bitcoin attempted to flip 
17,000 to support on December 1st after sailing its lowest monthly close in two years, which was just barely above that $17,000 mark, which you can see here in the Bitcoin one hour candle chart. Now data from Cointelegraph Markets Pro and Trading View showed Bitcoin circling 17,100 in a second intraday charge at higher levels. The USD slash Bitcoin pair managed to avoid losses as the monthly candle closed instead of seeing solid daily gains of around four and a half percent for November 30th. Nonetheless, Bitcoin shed a whopping 16.2% for the month, making November 2022 its worst since 2019. That's right. The numbers don't lie. And the more buoyant mood coincided with comments from the U.S. Fed in a speech on inflation in the labor market. Uh, Jerome Powell, the chairman of the Fed, openly stated that the smaller interest rate hikes could begin as soon as December. Quoting him here, monetary policy affects the economy and inflation with uncertain lags. And the full effects of our rapid tightening so far are yet to be felt. And he also shared, thus, it makes sense to moderate the pace of our rate increases as we approach the level of restraint that will be sufficient to bring inflation down. Good luck with that. The time for moderating the pace of rate increases may come as soon as the December meeting. Now, Powell <clears throat> characteristically cautioned the heralding full turning point in policy, something markets have been keenly awaiting throughout the year. Given our progress in tightening policy, the timing of that moderation is far less significant than the questions of how much further we'll need to raise rates to control inflation and the length of time it will be necessary to hold policy at a restrictive level. He added, nonetheless, stocks reacted positively with the S&P 500 and NASDAQ ending up 3.1% and 4.4% respectively in line with the King Crypto. Now, in response to their own, meanwhile, crypto market commentators were equally cool on the immediate prospects despite the moderate month-end gains. Crypto Tony warned that the bulls are getting cocky into December, and now it was not a suitable blind entry point, quoting the analysts here. Now is not the time to go all in, thinking this is the bottom on crypto. We have yet to see a macro higher high and higher low. Bull volume coming in, spot buys on the increase, completed corrective structure. So there you have it. And a key level to hold for continuation of the bullish market structure, he added, was 16,700, which is a great sign. We're currently above that level. And Mikhail Vinaypop, another analyst, agreed of the importance of an area focused on 16,700 for his own strategy. So there you have it. Let me know if you are short-term bullish or bearish on the King Crypto. And where do you feel we're likely to close one month from now on the last day of this month to wrap up this year of 2022. Holla at your boy in the comments. With that being shared, now let's discuss what is going on with Russia and the MetaMask uh, wallet, which is quite interesting. This was a breaking story I saw this morning. Russia's largest bank, Spur, formerly known as Spurbank, continues developing its blockchain platform by integrating it with the Ethereum blockchain. On November 30th, Spur officially announced new opportunities for its proprietary blockchain, including compatibility with smart contracts and applications on the Ethereum network. This would allow developers to move smart contracts and entire projects between Spur blockchain and public blockchain networks, the bank said. Now, Spur's latest additions also bring an integration with major software crypto wallet, MetaMask, which is used to interact with the Ethereum blockchain. The integration also allows users to make operations with tokens and smart contracts, 
placed on Spur's blockchain platform. The announcement notes, quoting them here, Spur Blockchain Lab works closely with external developers and partner companies. I'm glad that our community will be able to run DeFi apps on Spur's infrastructure. Head of the Blockchain Lab, Alexander Nam, said he noted that the newly integrated features will help Spur to unite developers, corporations, and financial institutions to explore practical business applications of the blockchain, Web3, as well as the centralized finance. And as previously reported, Spur Bank has been actively developing blockchain products in the recent years, filing an application with the Bank of Russia to launch a blockchain platform for its Spur coin stablecoin in early 2021. And after receiving the central bank's approval in spring of 2022, Spur finally announced its first digital currency deal in June. Spur's majority shareholder is the government of Russia, holding 50% plus one share. Very interesting to say the least. Now, Spurs' announcement came shortly after the Russian president, Vladimir Putin, called for the open blockchain-based settlement network. He criticized the monopoly in global financial payment systems, expressing confidence that digital currency-based technology will drive independence from banks. And at the same time, Putin's government does not allow its citizens to use crypto as payment, putting a blanket ban on payments with Bitcoin in early 2020. So it's interesting that their central bank is embracing it, but their citizens are not allowed to use it. Go figure. Welcome to clown world. In in late November, Russian lawmakers also discussed potential legal amendments in order for the government to launch a national crypto exchange. This effort is reportedly supported both by the Ministry of Finance and the Bank of Russia, which are known for having a lot of disagreement when it comes to regulating the local crypto market. So there you have it. Do you feel this is ultimately bullish news for Russia and crypto as a whole as their central bank is embracing the king crypto? Let me know in the comments below. And with that being shared, more breaking news, and this is a pretty big deal, as Telegram is one of the most popular apps in the world. In fact, if you're not a part of our Telegram chat for crypto news alerts, be sure to join every show here on the channel. I put in the description the link to the Telegram chat, which is ultimately telegram.cryptonewsalerts.net. Join the Telegram chat. We have about a couple thousand people in there. But anyways, with that being said, Let's share our latest story surrounding the Telegram decentralized exchange and wallet, which their founder says they're excited to launch. The founder of messaging app Telegram is announcing the development of a new decentralized exchange platform and a crypto wallet. In a new post on his channel, Telegram founder and CEO Pavo says that the blockchain developers should go back to the roots of crypto and focus on decentralization as centralized entities tend to abuse their power. Breach. Quoting him here, the blockchain industry was built on the promise of decentralization, but ended up being concentrated in the hands of a few who began to abuse their power. Facts. As a result, a lot of people lost their money when FTX, one of the largest exchange, went bankrupt. Breach. The solution is clear. Blockchain-based projects should go back to their roots, decentralization. Cryptocurrency users should switch to trustless transactions and self-hosted wallets that don't rely on any single third party. Hey, I agree 100%. According to him, Telegram will now update uh, Fragment, its popular decentralized auction platform to include non-custodial crypto wallets and a decentralized exchange platform, a move he says could help right the wrongs caused by excessive centralization. As he shares here, this week, Fragment will expand beyond usernames. Telegram's next step is to build a set of decentralized tools, including non-custodial wallets and decentralized exchanges for millions of people to securely trade and store cryptocurrencies. This way we can fix the wrongs caused by the excessive centralization, which let down hundreds of thousands of crypto users. That's right. Literally a million users were 
affected negatively by the FTX debacle. Earlier in the month, FTX, the prominent central exchange, went bankrupt after its CEO, Sam Bankman, scam artist freed, allegedly mishandled billions of dollars worth of customer funds, most of which are still missing. And we're not going to let Bankman freed off the hook, as I'm going to be covering in great detail his recent interview uh, that he shared, and he did reveal a lot. But first, I want to dive into our next story of the day and discuss something very important, which is clarity from the CFTC that Bitcoin is the only commodity. That's right. At one point, we were thinking Ethereum would also get the green light and be considered a commodity. But guess what? They changed from a proof of work to a proof of stake, a very interesting tactic indeed, which may have been a chess move by the regulators to push that so now it could be deemed a security. So let's now break down our next story of the day. Here we go. The chief of the United States Commodity Futures Trading Commission, Rostin Benham, claimed Bitcoin is the only crypto asset that can be viewed as a commodity during an invite-only crypto event at Princeton University, reported Fortune. His comments are quite a contrast to his early statements in October, where he claimed that Ethereum could also be viewed as a commodity. Well, guess what? No longer. The CFTC chief was answering a question on which crypto assets should be seen as commodities and which ones qualify as securities. Now, let me know in the comments below which crypto assets do you think are likely to be deemed commodities such as Bitcoin? Do you think any others? Holla your boy. Now, the CFTC's chief backtracking uh, his comments on ETH comes in the wake of heavy scrutiny of U.S. regulators and accusations of corruption where Republican lawmakers accusing the SEC chairman, Jerome Powell, coordinating with FTX to obtain regulatory monopoly facts. Call him out on it. Corrupt as all hell. The debate over which cryptos qualify as commodities under the law has been a long drawn one. Bitcoin is unanimously seen as a non-security because it's true to centralized nature, whereas the status of Ethereum and several other cryptos have been a controversial topic. Ripple is currently facing a security lawsuit from the SEC as well. But meanwhile, the rest of the world is viewing Ripple slash XRP as a commodity and not a security, which makes it quite interesting. The American financial regulator has found itself in hot waters in the wake of the FTX crypto exchange collapse, primarily because of its association with the exchange. The CFTC was poised to receive oversight capacity through proposed Senate legislation called the Digital Commodities Consumer Protection Act, while the CFTC chief faced a lot of criticism for the same, but defended the commission's actions, claiming they don't have the luxury to wait. And he also said that the committee has limited oversight powers and blamed the matrix of regulators as the imperfect system. However, he called for better collaboration amongst a list of regulatory bodies to come up with formidable regulations. The CFTC chief is slated for a congressional hearing December 1st, lo and behold, today, discussing the collapse of the now bankrupt crypto exchange FTX and the lessons learned from the debacle as Nancy Pelosi stock tracker shared here, breaking eight Congress members tried to stop the SEC from inquiring into FTX by questioning the SEC's authority to acquire about crypto. Five of those eight members also received campaign donations from FTX, ranging from $2,900 to $11,600, proving once and for all the government and regulators are corrupt as all hell. Now, the close ties of former CEO Scam Bankman Freed with U.S. policymakers and his lobbying efforts to make CFTC the primary crypto regulatory body has been questioned by many in the crypto community, which it should. And a recent report also alleged that eight U.S. Congress people try to stop SEC from inquiring into FTX. So there you have it. 
The scams continue in the crypto market, which is very unfortunate. And also the CFTC, the fact that the regulators haven't made it crystal clear in black and white which crypto assets are commodities versus uh, securities is very scary and alarming. It's because they understand that the uncertainty leads to extreme fear. And when they have uncertainty and extreme fear in the market, it's more easily to be manipulated. It's the unfortunate truth, but it is uh, what it is. And what are your thoughts surrounding Ethereum being labeled by the CFTC as a security versus a commodity? How do you feel this will likely impact the future Ethereum price action? Let me know in the comments right down below. With that being shared, now, before I break down some low price predictions from on-chain analyst Willie Wu of what realistically can happen this crypto winter, first, I want to discuss something on everyone's mind as Sam Bankman-Fried broke his silence and was recently interviewed just yesterday. And now for some of the highlights from this recent interview. And it was, I mean, I watched it for like an hour and a half and I was shocked by the answers he was using to respond. I thought it just made him look that much worse and like more of a fraudster, but that's just me. Here we go. Former FTX CEO, Scam Bankman Fried, apologized or admitted failure at least a dozen times during his appearance at the New York Times Dealbook Summit, November 30th. In a wide ranging video interview, Scam Bankman Fried was asked to answer a number of questions surrounding the downfall of the now defunct exchange with some even suggesting that some of his statements could be used to incriminate him in legal proceedings. Now, obviously, he knows he is protected because his parents are compliance lawyers heavily connected with the elites. In the November 30th Twitter post, crypto attorney Jeremy Hogan, partner at Hogan & Hogan, said that the light cross-examination of Scam Bankman Freed at the Deal Book Summit has already returned at least three incriminating statements thus far. As he shared here, SPF is getting a light cross-examination and NYT Deal Book Summit and has made at least three incriminating statements so far. Why are his lawyers or parents Letting him do this, reminding everyone that both of his parents are compliance lawyers. Now, Alan Rosca from the law firm Rosca Scalato said it was pretty astonishing that he is effect testifying at the Deal Book Summit. Hard to think of a president for this. Bankman Fried's first concession came while greeting interviewer Andrew Sorkin when he said in reference to the collapse of FTX, clearly I made a lot of mistakes or things I would give anything to be able to do over again. Hopefully you appreciate my Scam Bankman Fried impersonation. Let me know. An apology came moments later when Sorkin confronted him with a letter written by an FTX customer who lost $2 million in life savings after the exchange collapsed. I am deeply sorry about what happened, he said in response to the customer's story. And later, when discussing the allegations that Alameda used FTX client funds to cover loans, Bankman Fried said that while he didn't know exactly what was going on at Alameda, he concedes it was still the duty as FTX CEO to make sure I was doing diligence, so it's still my fault. A lot of these things that I have learned over the last month that I have learned marked that as a pretty big oversight that I wasn't more aware of. Bankman Freed admitted failure, again, when quizzed about FTX's former standing in the industry and the loss of trust in crypto now that the exchange has collapsed, stating, I mean, look, look, I screwed up. I was CEO. I was CEO of FTX. And I mean, I say this again and again, and that means I had a responsibility, and that means I was responsible ultimately for doing the right things. And I mean, we didn't. Like, we we messed up big. <laughs> he continued to concede FTX failing, stating there's absolutely management failures, oversight failures, and transparency failures. Yeah, you can say that again. And towards the end of the interview, Sorkin directly asked Bankman Freed whether he had been truthful with the audience and whether he agreed that there had been bad times that he had lied. Or, yeah, and he's... 
ultimately Bankman Free said he wasn't aware of any of the times that he lied, but explained that there were times when asking as a representative or marketer for FTX that he would paint FTX as compelling as possible. I wasn't talking about what the risk involved with FTX. I obviously wish that I spent more time dwelling on the downsides and less time thinking about the upsides. Now, Bankman Freed was asked what his lawyers are telling him at the moment and whether it was a good idea for him to be speaking publicly, and he answered, very much not. I mean, you know, the classic advice, don't say anything, recede into a hole. Now, Bankman Freed said he believes he has a duty to talk to people and explain what happened and try to do what's right. I don't see what good is accomplished by me just sitting locked up in a room pretending the outside world doesn't exist. Now, while the interview appeared to cover a number of confronting issues with Bankman Freed, some of the community still believe that these questions were not challenging enough, nor was there an adequate follow-up to some of the hard-hitting questions in which 56.9% of the people who answered the survey said they were soft ball pitches. Yeah. And a Twitter poll launched by self-proclaimed crypto Twitter, Cantor and Clark, found more than half of those respondents believe those softball interview questions were fired at. Uh, Bankman Freed, but what are your thoughts surrounding his lame apology in this interview? Let me know your honest thoughts in those comments right down below. And I hope you appreciate those Bankman Freed impersonations as I can carry on. I am a vegan. I am the most kindest, generous billionaire in the world. And I just love giving away money and driving around in my Toyota Corolla and having orgies at the office with, you know, a great staff. I appreciate all of them. I would never steal money or do anything bad, but I work with the regulators. I believe in the forces of evil and donating all of my money to Plandemic prevention because Biden is doing the right thing with the money and my parents are compliance lawyers and I love Mr. Wonderful because isn't he so wonderful? Yeah, and with that being shared, now let's dive into um, our final story of the day and discuss this Bitcoin price prediction from on-chain analyst Willie Wu. Top on-chain analyst Willie Wu says Bitcoin is in an accumulation phase similar to the market bottoms of 2015 and 2018. In a new interview with Scott Melker of the Wolf of All Streets, Wu says that buyers have recently stepped in to support Bitcoin, lowering its volatility and putting it into a sideways trend, quitting on-chain analyst Willie Wu. It's that time in the cycle, really, that the accumulation does come in, right? People buy, they put a floor on the price, the volatility drops. And we saw that in the 2018 bottom, 2015 bottom. We even saw that in the 2012 bottom. So yeah, sure, people are holding the price up because they want Bitcoin. And Wu says the Bitcoin is showing resilience in the face of the market headwinds, including crypto lending firm BlockFi's recent bankruptcy filing. It is being absorbed. What was really interesting with the BlockFi bankruptcy was we saw sort of a pullback. It went down beforehand. I kind of think that was inside sellers knowing that the announcement would happen. It went down $500 or something just like that. And it got quickly absorbed. And then now we are breaking to the upside. So I think we have got a lot of buyers at this price. Certainly the indicators I have are showing when you see a lot of coins moving and the price going sideways, that is sure a sign of accumulation. So that's been happening. I am tracking it. That's the reason why it is going sideways. And as far as what the Bitcoin price action could potentially bottom out at, the analyst has his eye on somewhere between fourteen dollars and $10,000, which he previously revealed as part of a Max Payne model last week, quoting Willie Woo, 12000 wouldn't shock me. 10,000, I think everyone's wanting that. And so it usually doesn't happen what everyone wants. So $12,000 wouldn't shock me. $12,000, $13,000. It may run away from here. It may even drop further. These are very broad stroke indicators, but it is probably not a bad time to dollar cost 
average in sage advice from the on-chain analyst DCA all freaking day. And to watch this video, Scott Melker did with Willie Woo, the on-chain analyst. Check the show notes below the video in the freaking description. With that being shared, what are your thoughts surrounding Willie Woo's Max Payne bottom price prediction for this cycle, which is somewhere between 10 and 14,000? And when do you think we're likely to bottom out? Let me know in the comments right down below. And don't forget to check out CryptoNewsAlerts.net for the full premium experience with video and to participate in the live Q&A. And I look forward to seeing you on tomorrow's episode.